Welcome to Bible study, guys. Are you guys excited to be here? Amen. How's everybody been doing? You guys been living in love? I have been practicing this sermon all week long. <laughs> God's been giving me plenty of opportunities to see how I'm going to react to these situations. But, uh, you know, and that's why we're talking about it. That's why God puts things on our heart. You know, I, I personally would love to teach faith. And, you know, those are, those are what I love to teach. But God's been showing me throughout this whole process that this is the most important thing. God is love. So above all, we should be focusing on that love in our life and in our actions, in our church, in our body. This is what we're wanting to do. So let's continue our discussion that we started last week. We've been talking about the disciple Jesus loved. And we've got this reference from John 21 and verse 20, where Peter turned around and saw them, the disciple Jesus loved. Welcome, brother. Hey, sorry to wait. Oh, don't worry about it. We're just getting started. And we're talking about love. We're, I was asking everybody else how, if we've been living in love this week, because God has given me a lot of opportunities the example of love. <laughs> I've been working on it. So, so we're, we're going to continue this discussion on love today. And we were, we were just referencing last week what we had talked about, the disciple Jesus loved. And we got that from John 21 and verse 20, where Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved. The one who leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you. There's the youth group making their entrance. <laughs> and we love them, don't we, guys? <laughs> so let's continue here. So we talked about the disciple Jesus loved. We talked about what did he see? What did he learn? And this week we're going to be talking about what did he teach? And we're going to we're going to we're going to spend some time going over. I looked at this Bible study that I prepared and I was like, wow, you're just hammering in love. But then I thought to myself, you know, John did all this in one book too. So when we, when last time we taught these, we spaced them out and we kind of went through 1 John 2 and then 1 John 3. But tonight we're going we're gonna to hammer in 1 John. So the first thing he saw was that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, out of the Gospels, I think John might be my favorite. I, I tend to go to it. And there's actually, there's a movie out for anybody listening. There's a movie out of John. And I actually watched the movie with the Bible. It's literally word for word with the whole book of John. So if, if anybody's interested in that, you can look that up. The Disciple in the Book of John. They've got a movie. It's the whole book of John in, in movie form. And, and in, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because as I was reflecting last week, the whole book of John, the theme is this scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That scripture is like the, the, the whole summary of the book of John. It, it shows God's great love for humanity and, how, and all the, the things that he did and what he taught and how he, the commandments he gave. Like, even when we reflect on what God, you know, commands us to do in his word, I tell everybody, like, you know, all the Old Testament, they were for their benefit. 
He told them not to eat pork. They, they, back in those times, they should not have been eating pork. It wouldn't have been healthy for them as a society. And we see that even in the life of Jesus. Everything he did was for our benefit. It was for the people that he touched their life. This is going to help you out more. And it's all an expression of God's love. So, we see that the disciple saw Jesus' love. He got to see how Jesus not just talked about love, but he enacted it before him. He's seen him feed the multitude. He's seen him heal people. He's seen him call Lazarus out of the tomb. You know, he saw him do, he saw him wash the disciples' feet. He saw him do these acts of devotion and love to mankind that we didn't deserve and we should have never got. But it was still God's goal to come down to earth to love people and to deliver them from sin and damnation. And then he, we, we saw that he did, what did he learn? He learned how to love. God showed him that example. This is how we do it. Yes, love is important, but this is how we put that feeling into action. Not only did Jesus just, yeah, I, got, I love everybody. Got them right here in my heart. But he, he walked the streets. He went to where the needs were. He fulfilled the, the problems in life that people were having. It wasn't just, uh, yeah, I love everybody, but it was, how am I going to put this into action? How do, I, how do I show the world my great love for them? And he got to see Jesus display that. And so this week, we're going to talk about what this disciple, after taking in all of this, what did he give back to the church? What did he teach? What did he think was so important? Because we have the whole book of John, which is you know his gospel, what, what the life of Jesus was all about. And we have the book of Revelations, and we're going to get into that a little bit, and, but I'll leave that to Brother Carl. <laughs> he does Revelations way better than I do. But the, uh, the Revelations is his, is his, his vision and, his, and you know, his, his encounter with God. But we have the books of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, where he really delivers his message. This is what I learned, people. This is what I want people to remember. This is what the church needs to keep in their mind. And they're all small books. They're not very big. You got Anybody listening could read them tonight and it would bless you. So I encourage you to do so. But we're not going to focus. We're going to focus on the first book of John. It's the, it's the bigger one. And if I'm going to teach for a little bit of time, that's where most of the meal is. But I encourage everybody to go through, listen to second John, listen to third John, because again, they're full, full of wisdom. So we're going to start today in 1 John chapter 2. We're going to look at this little section. If you, if, if you had your Bible in front of you and you open it up, especially if you have like a New Living Translation, you'll notice that the whole end of the second chapter, the whole end of the third chapter, the whole end of the fourth chapter, all deals with love. So that's what we're pulling out. That's what we're going to go through. And we're going to start in the second chapter. Dear friends, I am writing to you a new commandment for you. Rather, it is, wait a minute, I am not writing. See, I start right off, missed the word. I am not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one that you've had from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another, it is the same message you've heard before. So John starts off with this. This is not a new commandment, guys. We, we've heard this. This is, this is what we've been told to do from the beginning. In the beginning, we loved God. We should have never ate that apple. We should have stayed in God's love. But this has been God's message for mankind since the beginning. 
to love one another, to live in love. Yet, it is also new. Because every day we're going to experience this new challenge. So even though we know this is something we've been, we should, we should always know that we love people, it's new. And that's why God put it on my heart, you know, to teach this. I said in the beginning, you know, I love to teach faith and uplifting, encouraging messages, but God's, God was love, 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 love. And this is why, because we all know the commandment. We all know we should love one another. We should love God. But it's new every day. Every day we're given an opportunity. Are you going to express love? Are you going to show frustration? Are you going to be angry? Are you going to, are you going to be what God's called you to be? Jesus lived the truth of this commandment. And you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing. And the true light is already shining. If anyone claims I'm living in light but hates a fellow believer... That person is still living in darkness. You guys ever seen somebody who's living in darkness? You guys, I mean, I, I'm not trying to point them out so we can laugh at them. If anything, we'll shine some light on them. Fix it. <laughs> but you've seen people, when they come in the room, it's like a dark cloud comes in the room with them. And it's like, wow, man. You know, even, even when you're trying to be a light and you're trying to be happy with them, their darkness is overpowering. And you're like, i got to stay away from this person because they're not living in love. They're finding themselves in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. Living in light and living in love is causing other people not to stumble. There, there are, you know, being a leader at my work, that that's one of the things that I'm I my job I can watch people stumble and fall, or I can help them. And and as Christians in this world, we we have the same we have the same ability in our hands. When we have new believers walking into this church, we we can either help them stumble, or we can help them walk. And even it, well, I didn't cause them to stumble; they stumbled on their own. But you're a light, mm -hmm. and if you're shining light into that darkness, you can help them. Now you can't. You can't fix everybody's problems. I know there's some people that are going to stumble either way. But my job and my responsibility is to try and help my brother and keep them from stumbling. Just like the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, there were people who walked on by. They didn't rob him. They didn't stab him. You know, he, they weren't the ones who beat him up and left him laying there. But they didn't help. I'm not obligated to help him. But it was the one who went over and picked him up and cared for him. That was his neighbor. That was the one who was showing the love, who helped his brother not stumble. I'm going to get you back up. Even the Bible says if you, if you see your enemy's ox stumble in the field, that you should go help. Don't just let them suffer there, but keep them from stumbling. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. That's so true, too. You see people who are not living in love and they're and they're they're just angry at the world and they're mad about all these things and they're literally clouded they don't even see reality like i i they're they're paranoid and this person's out to get me and this person you know they did this and i've had, i've seen people <laughs> that get all frustrated about something that didn't even happen and it's all because they're living in this cloud of darkness 
And if we live in love, we have light. We see the true things. We see what's going around them. But when I'm living in darkness, I'm going to react to things that aren't even there because I'm not aware of what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. That's that's so big, you know. I, I again, I hate to keep bringing up my work, but I see people at my work that deal with this. You know, they, you know, so and so is trying to get me fired, and you're like, nobody's trying to get you fired, bro. But you're living in so much hatred that you feel like the whole world's out to get you. And it's not. If you would try being loving, try loving the people around you. Live in an atmosphere of love. Expect other people to love you. You you stop living in this dark cloud and you start to see what things are really about. You know, you see that you know, what's really important in life and not getting hung up in all these battles that don't even matter. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by darkness. So, we living in love should know the way to go. If we're living in love, we know what to do. We're not walking in blindness. If I know, if I'm living a life where I'm caring about the people around me, I know what my wife wants. I know, I know how to please her. I know how to take care of my friends. I know what to pray for on your guys' behalf. Because I love you and I care for you. Wow, is that not important right there? You know, I, I Brandon and uh, my my cousin, we were talking and we were the other night at the end of service, and I both I said, "Did you know this is going on in his life?" And he said, "No, I didn't know that." And I said, "Mike, did you know something that Brandon's been through?" I'm not gonna tell everybody online, but I said, "Did you know that this is something he's been through?" And they were like, no, we didn't know that about either one of you guys. And I'm like, well, how are we supposed to be praying for each other? For each other? If I don't know my brother's burdens, I can't reach out and pray for him the way that I can now. Like Brandon, been, you know, he was going through this housing thing. I was praying for him intensely. It wasn't like, like I'm just praying for God, please let me have sunshine tomorrow. No, it was, man, my brother's in need. God, you got to help him. But I wouldn't have prayed that way. If it wasn't for love, I would have been living in darkness, not knowing what my brother's needs are, not knowing what the people around me are going through. Nothing because I, I, you know, I'm busy. I've got my own time. I ain't got time for love. I ain't got time to, to reach out. But when we reach out and we live in love, we're not living in darkness. I know what's going on. I see my brothers. I see their situations. I can pray for them accordingly. That's important. We need to bear each other's burdens. Us being able to pray for the burdens that our brothers are going through makes it to where we ain't praying for our own problems. I don't have to pray for what I need because I know Brandon and Nan, Trav, they're going to be praying for me. My brother's going to be lifting up and I can spend my time praying for them. And I can pray for them with compassion and feeling that I'm not going to pray for myself because I uh, got to take care of me. If I pray any harder than that, I feel like I'm just begging for something. But when I'm praying for my brother, I can beg my tail off. <laughs> I feel good about it because I'm full of compassion and I'm full of love. And I'm, and I'm giving in a way. I'm making things happen on earth. So let's keep going with 1 John. He is going to go to chapter number 3. I think I messed everything up here. But you got to learn how to mess things up or you never know how to fix them. <laughs> I always, and when I record my Bible studies at home, a lot of the stuff I mispronounce, I edit. 
But every now and then, I leave one in there and I'll make a joke. I'll tell people, you know, I can I can pronounce every word in this Bible accurately. I only do that so you guys have something to laugh about. <laughs> but we got to be able to laugh at our own mistakes. That's that's half the humor in life. So 1 John chapter 3. We're going to go through verses 11 through 24. So again, John goes through all this about love. Next chapter, sign up. We're going to keep talking about love. Love is so important. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to give another whole passage to this. He says, in this message, you have heard from the beginning. So he starts off again. This is something we know, guys. We know we should love. But again, I'm going to emphasize it. I'm going to keep going on it because we need this to be a big part of our life. Yeah, I love, but you know what? Let's focus on healing. Let's focus on growing. All these things are impossible without love. Love is what comes from all of it. And if we grow that love in our church and in our body, the other things are going to come easy. The other things are going to come naturally. But love is the thing that we're going to focus on. Even in our ministries going forward as a body, like this is the most important thing. You want to teach people recovery? You're going to have a thousand amazing scriptures that will help them realize God's word, God's promise, God's commitment. But above all of that, it's your love that's going to change your life. Just like in my life, it, you know, Pastor, the, the biggest thing he did for me was when he came up and put his arm around me and said, Dan, I want you here every Sunday. I don't care what you're going through on Saturday. I need you here on Sunday. That love is what was like, all right, I'm going to be here. I'm going to have mistakes. We're going to work on the mistakes. We're going to grow. But it's the love that's going to get people in the door and make them feel a part of this and make them feel committed. Our church better have it in it. They better not feel like they're more love at a, hey, welcome. They better not feel like there's more love at a biker club than there is at a church. We've got God on our side. We've got a God who is love, who exampled love, who commanded us to love. They don't have anything, they don't have any reason to be grateful other than what they can get out of having people in. Well, we're better than that because we're based in love and we should love one another. You must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? As a church body, we don't want to be like Cain. I don't want to kill our brothers who are coming in. I want to make sure that we make this a place of salvation, a place of hope, a place of restoration. Now, does that mean that we're going to just accept everybody's sin that they come in? No, we're going to teach them how not to sin. We're going to, because that's the loving thing. I don't want my brothers going to prison for murder. I want to teach them how not to murder. I want to teach them to make your life what the Bible wants it to be, which is a blessed life, which is an example of God's resurrection power to everybody else that you come in contact with. So why did he kill his brother? Because Cain had been doing what was evil. And his brother had been doing what was righteous. There are going to be people, when you start living righteous, who are going to want to kill you. There is a feeling in people who do evil that they don't like seeing other people do good. But our job is to love them. They killed our Savior how much worse are they going to treat us? But in, yes. And it's not just the physical act of killing a body. Right. It's 
healing a person's spirit. Very good. Healing their hope. Healing yes. Their peace. So and, good. And words kill people. Nasty, mean words can kill people. Oh man, that's so good. That, that's the Holy Ghost right there. Because that, that and that is exactly what we don't want going on in this church. How many times, you know, people would, I'll say something nice, but, uh, you know, with an attitude. And it still hurts. It still cuts. It cuts right to the core. And where our job is, is to be encouragers, to be our brother's uplifter. If we're using our tongue to cut people down and to hurt people, we're being like Cain. We're killing our brother who's doing good, especially here. If I, if I bump into somebody in the grocery store and he's being mean to me, that's one thing. I walk away from that situation not say anything. But when I'm here, these are people coming here to change their life. They've already made the decision to start doing good. I better have that mindset that this is my brother. He may be in some trouble. He may have some issues. But I'm going to wrap him in love because Jesus is the only thing that's going to solve this problem. And if I wrap him in that love, he'll be in Christ. Then we'll start seeing the fruit. We'll start seeing the sin fall out of his life. We'll start seeing the difference that love can make. Mm -hmm. That's so good. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. If we are dead inside, if we're spiritually dead, we don't care about our brothers and sisters. There are people who are spiritually dead. They, they're dead, dead things, and they don't, they don't have, they're not the people that are running around shaking everybody's hands and kissing everybody in the, go this way, buddy. <laughs> Welcome to the Bible study, guys. But they're not the ones who are greeting everybody and happy to be around everybody. They're the people who are sitting in the back, like a lump on a log, don't really want to care about everybody's feelings, don't love everybody because they've passed to death. Mm -hmm. But, and you know, and, and again, we talk about God's resurrection power. Those people can be brought from death to life. When we see a brother who's struggling, a brother who's not filled with love, this isn't, this isn't for us to go, oh, well, that guy's just not loving. We're going to leave him alone. We're just going to let him sit there in the back. We'll keep doing us. No, we know how to fight this. We wrap it in love. I do it. <laughs> I try it every time. If I see people that are having a bad day, a bad mood, my, my first goal is go over there and dump as much love on them as I can. And no matter how bad their day's going, it's going to be a little bit better when I walk over there. A little bit better. I can get a crack of a smile out of their mouth. I can get a little, make their day a tiny bit better. Hey, Jesus loves you. You're going to be fine. Well, my car broke down and my house is flooded and my dog ran away. Well, you know what? Hey, well, now you ain't got to feed it, right? <laughs> got a little bit of love in there. You know? And that's what, and, there, and you see this darkness start to lift off of them. That's our job as a body of believers. I want, we're, you know, we're not supposed to judge people, right? But we're allowed to test people's fruit, right? The Bible tells us to judge their fruit. So I can go by somebody in church and see if they're being loving. Hey, how much love do you got? Let me give you some love, brother. How you doing? That, that is our way of, of getting that fruit to grow in their life. If I got to dump some miracle growing in your life, I will. But we're going we're gonna to keep this love growing. We're going to keep it strong. Brother, that'll give you a hug. That'll, that'll get some love going. That's how we're going to get this body going. If we see somebody who, who's not growing that fruit in their life, Let's encourage them. 
Let's step in. Let's give them a word of faith. Let's tell them some promises that the Bible gives them that can, that can shine some hope into their, into their situation. And, and if it's, you know, if we're at a funeral in a situation like that, we can mourn them, we can pray with them. And we can still be that support and that love that can change their life and take them from death to life. Right. You can't be lukewarm when you're living in love. Right, you can't be. You've got, you, God is love. And he is the breath of life. The more love we get in our hearts, the more we're filled with life, the more we want to go do, the more we want to be a part of his kingdom. And the more we're not loving, the more we just sit back and wither and die. I don't want to be a part of anything. I'm done. Life's too stressful. Life's too hard. You can, you can see them giving up. You can see their body giving up. When God gives us strength, but it comes through love. It comes through expressing it and allowing it to flow through your life. It can't just fill you up and then you not show it. It's not. It's gonna. It's gonna hit a ceiling and it's gonna be done. But once you allow it to flow like a river, and you got it coming in and it's coming right back out, it, it, it God can allow that to grow in your life, and then you move from the stages of death into the stages of life. But a person who still who has no love is still dead, and anyone who hates his brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. Just like Cain. Just like we talked about a second ago. If I hate my brother or sister, I'm a murderer. I don't want them to live. But if I love my brother, then I'm going to want them to have life. I'm going to want them to have life and life more abundantly. I'm going to bless them any way I can. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage them. The battle is in our minds. 90% of people, when we talk to them and they're having a bad thing and they're going through bad times... It's a battle in their mind. And if we can give them love and encouragement, the right words, and just show our expression of love to them, it can change that environment. How many times, you have, or how many of you have been in a situation where you've been stuck in a hospital and you're waiting on and you're in a bad situation and somebody shows up and just them being there, they didn't have all the right words, they didn't say everything that was great, and what, they, what could they have said? You know, nothing would have made it better. But just them being there as an act of love, it's a support system for us. We need, to, we need to be that system to the people in this body as well. Anyone who hates their brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. The exact opposite. I don't want to take my brother's life. I want to give my life to help him. I'm not, I'm not going to show people love in the church because the whole time I'm thinking about what you can do for me, how your life can benefit mine. My whole way of thinking is how can my life benefit yours? That, that is our expression of love. Now, the people are going to want to bless us too. I have people, Brandon blesses me all the time. I keep trying to stop him, but he keeps doing it. And you know what? But that's, I, I'm going to allow him to express his love as well. Because I also believe this is true. And if he shows me love, then he's going to get rewards in return. And God's going to show love to him. So, But it, all of this comes from this act of expressing our love. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother and a sister in need, but shows no compassion. Oh, now he's going to get home. Now he's going to get hard. Now he's hard. It was easy to talk about love until he brought money into it. <laughs> we, can, we can talk about 
talk about love when I'm talking about going to the hospital or holding your hand or saying something kind or giving you a hug. But once we start talking about money, wow, it gets serious. But the Bible says that where your money is, so your heart will be also. So it's not really about the money. It's really about where my heart is with my brother. It's, I can give people money all day long, but that's not really where, it's not about me trying to make sure that I give X amount of money. It's about me showing that my heart cares more about you than it does about my money. Money is not the issue at hand. And if, if, if I can help you and I'm doing good and you need something, I'll bless you with it. But that's the act of love that, 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 is, that is trying to be expressed here. For instance, I don't have a lot of money. God doesn't, <laughs> he hasn't blessed me in that, but I have things. And he's never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never gone without need. I've had cars given to me, houses given to me, stuff given to me. So I don't actually work in the cash system. But I also give stuff as much as God gives it to me. Me and Brandon, I went over his house last week. And he, you know, he had a fire. And you know, so we were talking. I what do you need? All right, I got this. I got this. I got this. I'll pick them up. We'll bring them over. I'll bless you with the stuff that I have. Because that stuff doesn't matter to me as much as my love does. Now, I could go on Facebook Market and sell all that stuff and make money. I don't care about money. That's not that's not what it's really about. My heart is about the people and the people I come in contact with and expressing my love and showing love to them. That's that's where we live. Without that, we die. You can stockpile as much stuff as you want and be dead. Mm-hmm. We see that all the time, rich people who are not happy. Because they're dead inside. They got all this stuff. What does it matter? It's like a spouse. How many times have we seen un, uh, unhappy marriages where they got money? You'll buy them everything in the world. But you don't love them. They don't feel that warmth and that connection. None of it And then you see other families, they, ain't got, they got barely any money to run together, but they're so happy and they're in love. And, it, and God, you know, that's what's the important. We're called to be the bride of Christ. It's about that love and that connection. And it's even the same with God. Like God could dump out millions of dollars on everybody who, who's in his kingdom. Why God hasn't blessed me financially? Because that's not what he's about. He's about dumping his love into your life. He'll take care of you every step of the way. He'll show you little expressions of his love every step of the way. God puts a million dollars in your bank. You ain't going to need him no more. You ain't going to care about those little expressions no more. I'd rather not, God. How about you bless me with, with a, a $20 a day blessing so that way I know your love for me every day. I feel it every day for me. There was a, there was a time, I, I tell this story often, but there was a time I was at work and I needed, I, I was listening to something and the guy was talking about God gave him a blessing to show that, you know, and he was like, God, and I was praying on the way and I'm like, God, I just want to know that you love me. I, I don't care. I don't want him. I don't want a big thing. I just want to know you love me. And I walk in the store and a guy in front of me is taking time and he's walking all over the place and I'm feeling frustrated. <laughs> but I'm going to act in love and I just stood there and was happy and was like, I'm not going to let it bother me, devil. And the guy got right to the end and he stopped and he turned around and looked at me and he said, hey, can I buy your pop? And when he did that, it hit me. And I was, I, normally I would say, no, no, I got it. Don't worry about it. I got money. I need you to buy it. But I was like, yes, you can and I said, and he bought my cop, and I said, you know what, I love you, God bless you. And he said, thank you. And I walked out of there, and, and it hit me, the Holy Spirit hit me. I about cried all the way back to work. Because that moment, it was a pop. But it was God saying, Dan, 
I love you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to care for you. And those, those are the moments that we need in our life. Like, I, I could have all the money in the world in the bank, but that's not what matters. I want a relationship with my God that I know He loves me. You could have a husband who's got money in the bank and he's gone on business all the time and, and you're miserable. Because yeah, all the bills are paid and I don't have to worry about anything. But I don't know him and I don't feel his love for me. We don't have a God who acts like that. We don't have a God who's gone on business. We've got a God who's right there beside us and that's why he doesn't have to put a million dollars in our bank account because he's going to walk with us every single day. Dan, I'm going to walk with you every day. I'll, I'll make the figs appear when you're hungry. I'll make water come out of the rock. I'll send manna from the sky as an act of love for my people. But I don't need you to get to a point in your life where you don't think you need me no more. Or you don't want this connection and this love. And it's the same way with us in people's life that we come in contact with. I don't have the money to just give everybody $100. I'm not going to be Oprah. You get a car. You get a car. Everybody came to Bible study gets a car tonight. Don't you guys love me? I, I, I'm not that way. But you know what I can do? I can show you guys my love. I can show you guys my commitment to you. And to, to being here. To being an encouragement. To when, you, when you have someone pass away in your family, you call me. I'll pray with you. That's... My act of love. And that's our act as love, as a body of believers. So, if someone has enough money, and they see their brother, and has no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? If they don't have compassion, how can God's love be in that person? God's love is full of compassion. Every miracle, well, not every miracle, majority of the miracles, it specifically states that God was full of compassion. Jesus saw the people and he was full of compassion. That's how our lives need to be for people around us. Someone comes up to me and tells me their dog passes away, I better not go, well, get another dog. That's not being full of compassion. I don't even care if I don't like dogs. <laughs> I want to be full of compassion because my brother is hurting. Oh man, that that's terrible, man. I'll I'll pray that you I'll pray that God comforts you. I'll pray that you know you'll find another dog that you love as much, and that God will show you another way to express His love to you. But I'm not gonna sit back and not care about what my brother is going through. Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. So now, John's writing this because of what he learned. He's like, all right, I've seen Jesus' love. And, I, and I, yeah, Jesus taught love. He said it a lot. But then I saw him put it into action. He didn't just talk a whole bunch and have people follow him and then leave town. No, he stayed. He prayed for all the sick. He stayed and he healed everyone who needed it. He stayed and he made lives different. And he changed the people he came in contact with because he was loved. And John's telling us, now we're going to have to put that same thing into action. We can't just say we love each other. Oh, I've got enough money and, you know, I know I've got that money. I don't even know what to do with it. And brother so-and-so needs, you know, but, you know, he'll be all right. I'll pray for him. No, we need to, we need to put this into action. We need, to, we need to be like Christ. We need to teach love. We need to express love. We need to encourage love. We need to grow in our love. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. 
Our actions show what we truly belong to. I can say things all day long and people will see right through it if my actions don't back it up. Mm -hmm. If I say it up here and talked about love, 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 and everybody right here in this room knew Dan does not love people, everybody would get up and leave because this is not, this is not the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. And He knows everything. So dear brothers or dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. Hold on, I want to read that together. Our actions show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God based on our actions. So even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. And he knows everything. So what is this saying here? It's saying if we're acting in love and we're showing these love, then we can be confident based on our actions. That even when I feel like I'm not good enough, and even when I feel like my, my body is sinful and I need to get out of here, I can know that I'm still where I need to be because I'm still loving. Am I still showing this love? Because if I'm still showing this love, then I'm still the disciple who Jesus loves. That's who we want to be. And it, the only way to get there is by not pretending to love, but acting on that love. And God is greater than our feelings. That is, so, that is so good. On every aspect, on every level, God is greater than your feelings. And he knows everything, dear friends. If we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. And that's what we should want. We shouldn't be coming to God like we're scared. We should be going to God with bold confidence because I'm showing my love. I can pray confidently when I'm praying for my brother because I'm going to God with love. There's, there's no ill feeling here. This is all an expression of our love. And we will receive from him whatever we ask for because we obey him and do the things that please him. Mm, that's good. How many people go, man, I'm just, God just doesn't answer my prayers. God doesn't, well, right there. <laughs> There's your answer right there. If we will receive whatever we ask for because we obey him and we do the things that please him. So if I'm having a hindrance in my prayers, I know right there is what I need to get in order. For one, I need to go back to the book. I need to start studying again, see what his commandments are, make sure that I'm obeying them. And then I also need to be doing the things that please him. Wow, that's a big one, guys. Because there are a lot of times that we're, we're good at obeying the word. Hey, I obey. God, I, I haven't touched a cigarette since 1993. <laughs> and I'm good at obeying those. That's, that's good. I'm glad, you're, I'm glad you're obedient to the word of God. That's important. But are you doing the things that please him? Because that's important too. My kids back there, they better obey me. <laughs> they better obey me. That's obedience. And that's important to their life. But how much more do I bless them when they're doing the things that they know please me? 
When I come home, he said, Dad, I already cut the grass. Don't worry about it. I already took the trash out. That's coming, guys. That's why I'm, I'm speaking that in faith. <laughs> but it's when they do those things that I can't wait to bless them. Because you guys have done what I've asked and you know I want you to do. And that's where we find ourselves. And what does he want us to do? He wants us to love our neighbor. That's what he wants. So if we're obeying his word and we're literally living in love, I'm loving every person I come in contact with. It says here that we will receive whatever we ask for. But one, if you're living that way, you're not going to be asking for selfish, silly prayers. You're going to be living in love and you're going to be praying for what matters. Hey, you know, God, I don't really care if I have a Rolls Royce, but you know what? My brother needs a pickup truck. Will you hook him up? That's how you live in love. And that's how your prayers become effective. How many people want effective prayers? Amen. How many, that's an important thing in our life is to have effective prayers. That's why we should be living this way all the time. I can't wait until someone I know gets into an accident. Okay, well, now I'm going to obey and I'm going to love God. Will you please fix that? That's not how it works. I should be living in this process so that when the storm comes, I've got a rock that I'm standing on. When it happens, I can go to God in prayer. Hey, God, now's when I need you to hear these prayers. That's why I've been obeying. That's why I've been loving. That's why I've been living this way, God, because there's going to come a time when I need my Father's help. And I don't want him being like, who are you? I never knew you. I want him to go, oh, you're the one I've been watching run around. Love everybody. I love watching you. Let me, let me, let me make your life as good as you've been making everybody around me. That's our goal, is to continue to make everybody we come in contact with life better. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. So he gives it to us right there. We're going to believe in Jesus Christ. We're going to believe in the Son. We're going to believe in His death, burial, resurrection. We're going to believe in Him sending the Holy Spirit. We're going to believe in what He's told us. We can't lose sight of those things. I can't just love everybody and then forget about baptism. Oh, well, you know, we'll just, we're loving. I can't forget about those things. Those things are important. Christ's death, burial, resurrection is important. Being full of the Holy Ghost is important. Having a ministry of healing is important. And I better love one another. On top of that, we better find ourselves in a place of love. Just as he commanded us, those who obey God's commands remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit gives us lives or gives the spirit he gives us lives in us. So he's our, he, he He's filled us with the Spirit, which is going to help us continue to live in His love and show His love. So we, we, have, we have an example present inside of us. We have a Holy Spirit that, that, that pricks our heart when we know we should be doing something out of love. We have to obey that and continue to walk in that. So let's go to 1 John 4, verses 7 through 21. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God, and anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. I don't have to worry about the part from me I never knew you if I'm living in love. 
But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is that act of expressing love. When somebody, you want someone to know God, then you should show them love. If I think the guy at my work needs Jesus, then I'm going to show him Jesus by showing him love. I'm not going to be able to take him back 2,000 years ago and introduce him to the man Jesus Christ, but I can show him the love and God's resurrection power in our lives today on earth. And then they'll have that connection, get both the Holy Ghost and have that personal relationship with Jesus. But my way of showing him Jesus is showing him my love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So here John's going back to John 3.16. He's like, let me remind you guys, this is what love really was. This was the ultimate sacrifice of love. When you give your life for everybody else around you. That is love. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Now, again, God loved us when we were in sin. That was his act of love. When we were doing wrong. Not when we were doing right. It's easy for me to love Brandon. He's lovable. It's hard for me to love the person who isn't being lovable. But that's the expression that God showed to us. He came down and died for us when we were yet sinners. Again, two days ago, I had a gentleman tell me he was invited to church and he told his girlfriend, well, I don't want to go there. I'll get struck down by lightning. this <laughs> all the time. And then I, I told him, of course, I gave him the whole rundown. Don't worry about it. That was that week every week. He goes always at church. I gave him that whole rundown again. But then I walked away from there and then I thought to myself, I'm a full-blown, born-again Christian. And I've stepped into churches where the people made me think God was going to strike me dead. And it had nothing to do with God. But the way they stepped back from me, like I was conducting electricity, made me feel like, well, maybe he is going to strike people dead. Maybe that happens in this church. And it really hit home. Because that we're the ones that are making people feel that way. If I treat somebody like God's about to strike them dead, so I better get away from them. They're going to walk away from church feeling like God might strike them dead. So maybe I shouldn't go back to that church. What he said there was so deep in that moment, I walked away and the Holy Ghost was talking to me about it. And it's like, yeah, people are feeling that way, but it's up to us to change it. I had a conversation today on the phone with gentleman was discouraged about his church, talking about this, well, you know, they did this, they did this. I said, every church I plant my feet in, I am an heir to Jesus Christ. Any church I plant my feet in is his church. I have a stake in this church. I have, This is my inheritance. I'm inheriting what he's given me. So therefore, I can take care of my inheritance. I can be the love in this church. If I see someone walk in here and I look over and it looks like they're like everybody's moving away from like striking, like lightning is going to strike them, then I'm going to be the one who walks right up next to that person to show him that there's people in this church that are not scared to love you because that's what God's called us to do. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. 
And his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our very own eyes and now testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God. So we don't have an excuse for not having love. Oh, well, you know, I'm just so beat up right now. I ain't got no love in me. No, you've got the Holy Spirit living in you. That's the source of love. You've got no excuse not to be loving if you've got God living inside you. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. Whoa. So if you ain't loving other people and you ain't expressing this love, then you're not in complete love and you don't understand God's complete love. And that's why you're going to be afraid on the day of judgment because you've never experienced real love. But we can face him with confidence because we lived like Jesus in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is fear of punishment. That's important. When people are afraid, this is why they're afraid. Because they're fearful of punishment. And that shows that we have not fully experienced God's perfect Love. We love each other because he first loved us. And if someone says I love God but hates his fellow believer, that person is a liar because we're made in God's image. How can we say we love God but we hate his very image? That person is a liar. But if we don't love people who we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. So there's another great command. You cannot love God if you don't love me. Because <laughs> I'm a fellow believer. And I can't love God if I don't love you. Because you're a believer. And his command tells us to love one another. So let's go to John chapter 5. This is the wrap up of the first John. Of course, it's just pulling out all the love points. And there's plenty more in there too. So go ahead and read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Everyone who believes that Jesus is Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. So anyone who comes into this church who believes that Jesus is the Christ is a son of God. They're his children. I'll tell you what, you could probably get away with being meaner to me than you ever will get away with being mean to my children. <laughs> you could be mean to me, I could forgive it. I'll be like, ah, I love you anyways. But let someone be mean to my child and it's a whole other story. Because now they didn't deserve that and I love them, so my love is going to come in defense of them. And that's exactly what we got to keep in mind when we're talking about God's children. Oh, man, nobody disciplines someone else's children. 
You don't smack someone else's kid. Like, that's a, that's a, that's how you get in a fight. <laughs> People will fight over their children. Little old mothers who would never hurt a fly will turn into an animal if you mess with their children. God's the same way. If not, God loves us more. He loves us more than we love our children. He's going to react harsher to people who are mean to his children. We know that we love that we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. So don't tell me it's hard to well, you know, it's real hard to love that guy though. No, it's not. He's a child of God. He's a believer. You can find something to love there and you better live in love. For every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's how we, we, we get victory in this world. It's through our faith, through believing and by acting in our love, showing it to the people around us. If I want people around me to have victory in their lives, then I need to show them God's love so they can live in God's love and they can have the benefits of being a child of God. Right. So the last thing we're going to go to is the last book of the Bible. I love ending in Revelations. But this is also John. Yes. I just want to say that yeah. Romans 5 and 5 says, and hope make us not ashamed, but this is the part, this is because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And I know Man. all through lots of relationships, and especially marriage, you know, some, we, got, we got married 21, young married, and right. difficult. I would hold on to that verse, like, Lord, I feel like we're at the end of, you know, our human ability to just be in love, you know, so like, right. by the Holy Ghost, Lord, the love that you, is shed abroad in our hearts, help us to keep Loving. Man, that's so good. Breathe more wind into this thing. And right. And just been so faithful when I realized, like, I'm at the end of me, but the Holy Ghost. Yeah, it's <laughs> so still going. by that, I can right. keep loving my husband, people who hurt me. Right. So anyway, that just... No, that's great. So and that is a good tool for people. Yeah. When, mm -hmm. they, when we feel like we're not being loving or I need love, we know the source of that love. It right. comes from the Holy Spirit. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Get refilled with that Spirit. Be full of love because you'll come out of it more loving. I'm a, and that's the God's truth. You know, you wake up grouchy in the morning and oh, and if you don't shake it, it's going to stick with you all day long. Go speak in tongues for about five minutes and let's see how you feel about things. Let's see if that doesn't change things. Because there's been a lot of situations in my life where I've, I've had to seek that. I've had to seek the Spirit. God, I'm going to lose my mind right now. I need to go find a prayer closet. And I come out of that situation, all right, God's good. God loves me. God's got me. We're going to be okay. So Revelations chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. So write this letter to the angel of the church of Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do and I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. So here we go. 
This is a church. This is his body. And God knows the things that they do. So he knows they've been doing good things. He's seen their hard work. He's seen them patiently endure the things that are going on in this world. And I know that you don't tolerate evil people. So there's some good in this church. They don't even tolerate, you know what, them nasty people will kick them out. And God says, I get that. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles, but are not. You have discovered they are liars. So these people are so smart that they, they've determined false prophets and kicked them out of their midst. They, they, they've been in there. All right, you guys, and I'm going to... I'm going to not tolerate evil people. I, so they've got all these good things going for them here. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. That's a big one. They've gone through some suffering for Christ. They've carried their cross alongside him. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. So this church has got all these other accomplishments that are good accomplishments. They all, they, 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 they've gone through some battles. They've gone through some struggles. And churches get that way. where we, we, we start off and we're loving and we're pushing people and we're all about being loving and accepting. And then we go through some battles and we suffer with them. And we, and we, but we lose sight of the first thing. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. You're still doing all those good things. But there's no love. You've lost that love. Turn back to me and do the works that you did at first. So again, he doesn't say, okay, start telling each other you love each other. No, he's like, let's, let's start enacting our love for me and for each other. Your love for God, your love for the body. It's all got to be in play. If we, can, if we can determine false prophets and we can continue in suffering and we can obey and we can do these things, but we lose sight of love. We lose sight of God. If you don't repent... I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. Doesn't matter if you still hate evil people. Doesn't matter if you're still not listening to false truths. It doesn't matter if you've got all that figured out. But I'm telling you right now, if you don't love God and you don't love people, you will not be a part of my churches. I will remove your lampstand. But this is in your favor. You hate evil deeds. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans, just as I do. Anyone. So here he goes. Now he's telling us, guys, this is not just for them. This wasn't just for that one church that I have a hard time pronouncing. <laughs> it was for all of us. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to what the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches, to everyone who is victorious, I will give the fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. And again, we already talked about before, we, we achieve victory through living in faith and living in love by not only believing in Christ, but acting in that love. So 
What do we do after we get saved? Well, it's great. We get saved and then we live in love. We continue to produce this fruit everywhere we go in every aspect of our life. Our church body is growing. We need, we need the five-fold ministry. We need people who can prophesy and heal and all of that. But none of that will be without love. It's all going to be birthed from our love. So let's, let's put this Pineview hashtag into play. Go love. Let's go love. I hope these two weeks have encouraged you. It's definitely encouraged me. And it showed me that I still got a lot of work to do. So <laughs> we haven't perfected it yet. But we're going to work towards that. And we're going to do that every day by looking at every situation that we come in contact with and seeing how can I be more loving in this situation. Right. Whether it be with the guy at work, whether it be with my boys at home, and it's 1130 and they won't go to bed. <laughs> in all situations, we need to have love. We need to express it so that God can live in us and we can express God to this world. So let's all be like the disciple who Jesus loved. Let's love. Let's teach love. Let's, let's, let, let's see God's love in our life. That's a big thing too, guys. Let's look at our lives and see how God expresses his love in our life every day. There are miracles that go on in our life every day that we don't even take notice of. Jesus isn't dead. He is alive and well. He is still showing acts of love in our lives every day. We need to see it. We need to put a magnifying glass on it. We need to learn from it. When we see how God shows us our love, we can learn from that. All right, God, man, you bought me that pop when I didn't even deserve it. Maybe this week I'll buy somebody a pop and just tell them I love them. That's my way of being able to act in that. And we can teach other people how to love. When I see my brothers that are not acting in love, I can tell them, guys, come on, let's get back in love. Let's start acting in love. Don't talk to that new convert that way. Let's love them. Let's put some love in people because that's how we're going to get God in this earth. That's how we're going to grow in him and we're going to become more like Christ. So love you guys. Love you so much. God loves you even more. And until next time, God bless you.